0: what's up y'all what up what up what up what up we back we back y'all this is episode 52 of the fire this time podcast once at you again once at you again my name is sonny toray i'm akita g and, and welcome back welcome back y'all make sure you like and sharing you know what i'm saying texting your friends the uh the link if they, you know they're gonna be interested or appreciate the type of knowledge we dropping uh you know we talking about you know black politics black culture from a new african you know revolutionary perspective one that we all uh need to incorporate and in, uh how things is going down so with that being said Aki, uh got a couple things on the plate for today uh we're going to talk about columbia's new president we're going to talk about gun rights and uh in black America in light of uh, you know June the uh, Juneteenth marches uh, in the south and Mississippi that we learned about that yes. we're gonna talk about as well as the response in Buffalo to what's going on mm-hmm. and uh, 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 also we're gonna uh, end the conversation on MSNBC's new initiative for black women here we go oh shit here we go again and anytime a liberal institution takes that in they scope wow you know, we gotta be cautious, and you know, this time they have an initiative called "The Culture Is Black Women." What kind of shit is that to say? And of course, what they're promoting with that type of statement mm. is, is the tr- is, is more troubling than the statement itself. Mm. You know, and uh, the type of token politics, you know, uh, apolitical <laughs> politics, you could almost say, with them. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get into all that.
1: Well, You know what I'm saying? It ain't nothing new under the sun. That's what they say. And I guess we at it again. Well, just to start off this week's fire, you know what I'm saying? We'd like to give this week's fire to a very special person right now who did a thing down in Colombia. We're going to talk about the first black vice president, female vice president um, of Colombia. Her name is Francia Marquez. An environmental activist, you know what I'm saying? Uh, came from the bottom, slept on dirt floors, had a child when she was 16. You know what I'm saying? Worked in a gold mine. How many of y'all working in gold mines? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Worked in a gold mine and then worked as a maid. You know what I'm saying? She uh, ran next to another, uh, I guess I would call him a rebel leader. Um, Petro. And, yeah, Petro. And uh the, the Petro Martinez ticket is pretty much sort of damn dear secured the victory in Columbia's. Yeah, they, you know.
0: They won the runoff election and it's the first leftist ticket to do so. Yeah, so
1: you know, she 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 there, you know what I'm saying? It's been talked about in the African world, you know, all in Pan African in love, you know <laughs> what I'm saying, because she doing it. Um and you know, she represents this week five. Shout out to that sister.
0: Yes, yes. Shout out to her. So uh, next up, Aki, why don't you introduce the topic for, uh, you know, the black gun ownership k- kind of debate that we're going to uh, talk about again and uh, some of the things that we watched before uh, the episode.
1: I mean, well, you know, uh, we've actually the black gun ownership been going up for probably the last five years, you know what I'm saying, since a lot of these things have been going down. But with this new uh, Buffalo you know latest buffalo tragedy has been a little heated and um you know i should say um stirred up again black people are starting to understand that you know negroes with guns are something important yeah and i started digging so you know what i'm saying just over this weekend you know we had a little uh armed black march in mississippi you know what i'm saying and, you know, people were in shock of that, you know what I'm saying? We caught a couple of little news clippings on TV where they spoke, you know what I'm saying, and interviewed people, you know what I'm saying? I mean, black folks been getting wisened up, you know what I'm saying? They, the retailers talk about 90% of the new gun ownership's been coming from black people, you know what I'm saying? It's been it's been a lot of different things popping off up in the country right now, and it makes sparks that question for black people is should we, you know what I'm saying, advocate and go fully fledged into this... Uh, Well, hell, for me, it ain't no question.
0: We should. It ain't no question for me neither. Uh, We also watched uh, MSNBC debate.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a little, you know what I'm saying? MSNBC debate, you know, as far as with the guns, you know what I'm saying? My brother, man, they had a sister on. they They had a white lady on there. She was speaking. You had a brother on there. I think he was a brother. Soft as he wanted to be. It just wasn't cut. Total integrationist. Total against, you know what I'm saying, the, the uh you know, no knowledge. First of all, the brother said that Malcolm X and the Black Panthers advocated guns in public. As if they're the same organization. Yeah, like they're the same organization or something. When he said that shit, me and Aki knew he was off. You know what I'm saying? Someone right with the brother right there. You know, he has no knowledge of the tradition of black people and armed self-defense you know and that's how we like to frame it at all coming from that you know what i'm saying perspective this is a self-defense right here and it's funny that he never came from he would he acknowledged the fact that black people have been going up in their tick and gun sales because of their fear of the police but you still won't advocate for the cause the way you necessarily should so you know what i'm saying he's just one of those people that they toe the fence when it comes down to guns and it's weird, Aki.
0: It's really weird to see it. I mean, but, they yeah, they told the fence because, uh, of course, they they agree that the police and the military can do what they want to with yeah. their weapons. They don't get as queasy with that because mm. they want they need that protection that they class do. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, one of the reports they talked about was ninety percent of gun retailers in America. Noted a general increase in African American patronage in their stores, oh. yeah, black patronage in their stores, mm-hmm. and so we are seeing some significant increases. Now uh, we we see it talked about more. We we see we know in the South, you know, uh, every year there seems to be uh, a growing black armed self defense movement. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and uh, the one that happened in uh, Brookhaven, Mississippi. They also signed uh, a list of principles, uh, collective principles, yeah. uh, between the armed groups and the community groups that were present. It was a big old sign, too. Right. It, so everybody it, could see it. Everybody could see it. No argument. Everybody know yeah. what they signing, right? Yeah. So and, uh, the list talked about things like self-determination, mm-hmm. uh, reparations, yep. uh, that we are our own people and deserve our own land, mm-hmm. and also freeing up political prisoners. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is definitely a movement that we all need to support and and tune into. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, so many people uh, on the black so-called left, yeah. they found whatever reason they could have disparaged it a few years ago yeah. when it was still headed by Grandmaster J. Yeah. You know, and uh, they did the same thing that white historians do. Free, right? Ma- Free Jam Master J. Grandmaster J.
1: Grandmaster J.
0: Free Grandmaster J. Oftentimes the black left does the same thing that the white historians do, right? Where they they paint this this big man theory of history. You know, they're going to tell the history only through the most what they think are the most important men Mm -hmm. uh, that are running the organization. Yeah. Now, of course, he, he did have hold a leadership position. Yeah. But to disparage the whole movement. Yeah. And I'm talking about black leftists. You disparage yeah. the whole movement just because you disagree with one of the leaders. There are multiple leaders in that organization. There are multiple organizations under that umbrella which he was a face of. And also uh, whether you like it or not, he was a leader. And he, and he was targeted for his leadership of a black armed self-defense group that is about collective politics and collective eco- economies, you know. So there's a lot of black leftists that are, you know, Maybe Marxist Leninist, and because the gun group wasn't Marxist Leninist, yeah, they're not going to support it. Throw their weight behind it. I mean,
1: that I mean, us and that that's that's a tradition. We've been doing that in the South and all over the country in various parts where we've been at it people for a long time. I mean, if any, if that's that's what made the brother on the interview sound so damn crazy, because if you knew anything about that type of history, you would know that we've been that's a a long standing traditional history from Deacon to the fence. From Robert F. Williams to Ram to the Panthers. This stuff has been, you know what I'm saying, trickling down for years. So, um, hell, even Martin Delaney at that one point in time told it the pistol, Harry Tubman, you know what I'm saying, in a country where you are under colonial power and you are um, trying to be free, and, and that's not allowed, you better have something to defend your damn self, or you a gunner, all you got is your feet
0: in faith. You're going to be out here hurt. Be out here hurting. You know what I'm saying? So, and I mean uh, all this also goes back to us not seeing ourselves as a colonized people. You know, or you know, that not being an analysis that people are really tuning into because I mean that provides clarity. Once you understand mm-hmm. your condition, it provides clarity to what your outcome or your solution needs to be. Yeah. And uh a lot of these people, you're questioning gun ownership. Like the brother that we've seen on MSNBC, you know, uh, he was getting queasy on black gun ownership. Yeah. In the face of racist attack after racist attack in our communities mm-hmm. by police and just vigilante motherfucking crackers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, the pigs and the crackers. Yeah. Doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And often they went in the same. Yeah. So. These are the groups that are targeting us It's been part of the U.S. history It hasn't stopped You admit that there's a problem of racism in law law enforcement But you get queasy about black gun ownership You know, like What did I call them, Aki? These motherfuckers are impactless (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because they have no solution You know, all that they do is ask attractive questions I mean, I'm not gonna lie When I listened to him talk He didn't sound like he was
1: really connected to us but I could be wrong. Uh, either way, I got, you know, nothing out of what he had to say except the fact that Malcolm X and the Panthers advocated for public guns in public, according to him. Mm-hmm. That, that's, 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 that's what MSNBC puts on TV now. You know, ain't that some shit, you know? I mean, we've been rising up, and I say this. We need to start doing more things like that, you know what I'm saying? I do advocate gun clubs and things of that such nature. Mm -hmm. So I tell any black man and woman, get a chance, go get you a FOID, so you you can protect yourself and get with another group or find a group of people to get together and y'all do the same thing
0: and train your babies. Mm -hmm. Because we in this thing and we got to fight for our liberation and our protection Mm. and just our sustenance, our survival, yeah. by any means necessary. Yep. We want freedom by any means necessary. <laughs> any means necessary, y'all. And we're going to let Baba Malcolm X say it to you as well. So uh, anything else on uh, uh, black gun ownership? We did watch the program about uh Buffalo. Yeah, and uh, the aftermath of the the tragedy uh, there, the murdering spree from the white nationalists there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you're seeing some people. You know, we watched uh, some children kind of react to it. Yeah, that was that 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 was real right that there. It was powerful. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The children. You know, one of the young brothers said that I want to hurt them.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I want to
0: hurt the person that did that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we got to find a way to cultivate that type of feeling in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. because that's not an unnatural feeling. We can't... Yeah. If we seek to quell that feeling within us, yeah. we're doing more harm than good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a natural reaction. This is what Malcolm X was talking about. Yeah. If somebody slaps you on the face, are you going to turn the cheek to get slapped again? are you going to slap them right back in the damn cheek? And when you slap them, it needs to be precise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it needs to be with precision. You know what I'm saying? It needs to be technically sound. But you can do it with anger, yeah. Because that's natural to be angry, yeah. You know what I'm saying, and want to do harm, uh, in that sense for for one's protection.
1: I mean, that, I mean that clip right there showed just how these young and he, and he specifically had boys.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. That's what I liked, and how they could articulate things at that age. Yeah, you it am saying it, it was a young man in his twenties, maybe early thirties, that was in the schools. Having, he had a nonprofit organization mm-hmm. that was talking to young boys about mm-hmm. traumatic things, you know, the, the trauma that they experienced. Yeah. It was like a mental health type of advocate, mentorship type of situation, mm-hmm. which is beautiful to see. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We, yeah. we, we definitely need more of that type of thing. Yeah. You know, because I think them brothers sitting around talking about that, guided by a young brother that cares, yeah. means everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those type of moments always stuck with me mm-hmm. and changed my course by however much they did. Yeah, the moments do change courses. You know what I'm saying? Give people tools. So, shout out to that brother. You know, uh, yeah, search sure. s- search for that on MSNBC if you're interested. In that video? No, I'm sorry, that was a Vice News video. Yeah, Vice News. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that was a, that that one was a Vice News the where uh, they was checking out the aftermath in Buffalo. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, and of course this this is all attached to political, economic type of uh, forces at play you know what i'm saying there's violence there's institutional violence and also this direct type of white nationalist violence that's present yeah. the institutional violence is in uh, highway 33 development coming through the black the uh, city of buffalo you know dividing the and, and really destroying so much of the black community's uh lifeline yeah and uh the the land that they took and uh what they instituted just in uh geographic or you know city type of policy type of sense yeah and uh so yeah so this shit is all connected you know yeah. at the end of the day they go back to the same typical thing
1: how they took down a lot of black communities running the, running the damn freeway or a highway
0: Or some road or railroad track directly through their community. That allows the white people to go to the suburbs. The highway is being built for the suburbs to get into the city easier. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that helps perpetuate white flight Mm -hmm. and the way they set up the city policies. You know, if if you ain't got no people that are sustain that that have good jobs paying taxes, yeah. You know what I'm saying? White people made sure they, they directing their taxes to their suburb community. We're not going to give our taxes, you know what I'm saying, in the city amongst these niggas. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're going to go to the suburbs and let Mm. these be our little tax havens for our children, our services. Yeah. They don't want to share, you know what I'm saying? That's where they store their wealth. And now we're seeing gentrification, the pushing back of uh, black people out their community, which I'm sure Buffalo is also experiencing, as white people want to come back to the city, Mm. you know, and... uh, yeah. So, I mean, shit is rough out here, and uh, we, we we definitely seen contradictions rise up, but uh, we can't just give up, throw our hands up, and ask white daddy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? White daddy being white society, this government, you know, uh, capitalist society, and asking white daddy for help, because that's what a lot of these black liberals is doing. They want white daddy to fix the problem, and that's not a, a solution that's going to help us survive. That might help some tokens you know sustain their lifestyle yeah but it's not gonna help us as a people survive
1: oh no not of course
0: you know we're gonna jump into the next one mm-hmm. yes yes uh this new msnbc
1: it's a three-part special if i'm talking
0: about four-part special
1: four-part special you know we
0: only. i think we only watched clips from the first one but okay. you know what's important here is they they dropped this on juneteenth <laughs> right uh, which is a collective Black holiday, right? Yeah. So they they drop it on the most the blackest holiday, damn yeah. near, uh, you know, in the in the country, yeah, recognized by the country. Yeah. This is the blackest holiday, yeah, you know, and uh, what they do, what they always seek to do, divide, mm-hmm. you know, and, or or tokenize, and it had the typical culprits. Oh <laughs> yeah, they had the media elite. They had They it featured Kamala Harris. It had a U.S. Navy admiral on there, you, MSNBC host uh, Joy, Joy Reid was, I think, the organizer of it. This was all birthed from a trip to Ka- Cabo. Cabo. I, I don't even know how to pronounce the island's name. Cabo. It's, so it's a luxury. It, it was a black luxury, black girl luxury type of cruise vacation. It was a situation. black
1: girl trip.
0: Right. Black girl luxury trip. trip. That included even Alicia Garza from Black Lives Matter. Yeah, she showed up. She was part of it as well. You know, and this is what was birthed from... And we already know what Alicia Garza owned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Buying luxury Get homes. Get the bag! Giving family mem- members a million dollars for security and Get shit. In the
1: bag!
0: Living in mansions, you know what I'm saying? And then lying about it and then coming <laughs> later and saying, oh, yeah, you know... I did spend a few weeks over there. I did yeah. give my brother this and that. I did yeah. give my baby daddy, daddy this and that. Cash, not your baby daddy. And stuff. You know what I'm saying? And then they're going uh, to, I don't know if we mentioned this last uh, week, or we didn't get a chance to, there's a new head of Black Lives Matter now who done filed for bankruptcy. They said about five, six times personally. Damn. So, um, I don't know. Just keep your eyes out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> keep your ears open, your eyes out. Keep word on the street. Or yeah. Just listen to fire this time, because we're going to keep you updated. Yes, for sure. But uh, but you know, back to the topic at hand, you know, uh, you know, th- this is the type of tokenistic, integrationist, assimilationist politics that they want for Black people, but they get a pass or they evade criticism through this Black girl luxury aesthetic. Yeah, it's like a black, black girl magic aesthetic is the protection from the criticism of the really the impactless, the misdirection of politics, the mi- like misleadership, Aki.
1: Hey, check it out, Aki.
0: What they fighting for <laughs> Liberation and luxury
1: Yeah, oh yeah <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. what they fight for yeah. Independence and nah. luxury No, no, no <laughs> you,
0: it's, you gotta put luxury first <laughs>
1: luxury, and liber- luxury and independence Luxurious independence <laughs> Luxurious independence There we
0: go but This is uh, some crazy shit Y'all should have seen this, y'all And it, it, it was all about aesthetic okay? they, they even set it up as being about culture You know what I'm saying? Like, if you read the article Uh, there was an article that was uh, uh, written about it as well and uh, with quotes from Joy Reid and others that were involved in it. And they're talking about the the black women being the future and how black women are the cultural leaders of the country and the future. You know what I'm saying? And why is this important? Why are a token class, elite class of black women, hand-selected, by white liberal institutions, to be part of this futuristic cultural force that we all need to take example and take our cues from. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. The same people queasy about black gun ownership. Yeah, the same people who ain't got nothing to say about nationalism. This, they, the same, I the same people that allow U.S. Navy admirals involved in U.S. imperialism. Kamala Harris uh uh impactless ass <laughs> you know now nah, I'm gonna stop calling them impactless I, what I really mean by that is that they have no positive impact yeah. you know what I'm saying but of course they do have negative impacts because it's confusing the goddamn children yeah you know what I'm saying as far as what our path needs to be it's confusing young black girls or young black boys and all all, all black children you know what I'm saying of all genders I say that mm-hmm. uh it's confusing them as far as what uh is a solution You know that gets us closer to black freedom. Yeah, it's not going and making uh, your 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 black girl aesthetic less politicized in white America. You know they was even on there talking about it's the white male gaze that's affecting us like this. It's the white male gaze make us uh, about. They were speaking about their hair at the time. So, but their political solution is to become uh, more. Uh, accepted in the white male gaze. Yeah. It's not about building up a different infrastructure, it's not about separating oneself. Mm-hmm. All the only solutions they're talking about is becoming more accepted and uh, by education, by, you know, uh pitiful street protest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be we're going to make ourselves through public our public presence more accepted in the white male gaze. Right. But of course, black nationalists, especially revolutionary black nationalists or new Africans like us, we don't we don't. We're not seeking further acceptance in the white male gaze. You know what I'm saying? We understand the need to separate, and it's not even. Of course, uh, new African women are a big part of this movement we're talking about. This isn't separated by gender, no matter how much you know these hegemonic powers wish you to believe it is, yeah. or are trying to enforce it to be. Yeah. They want. They want black nationalism to seem like this black masculinist. Uh, urge for white patriarchal power that's in the past. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they want you to think black nationalism is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, black nationalism is a different answer to our political condition than what these token-ass mm-hmm. Negroes is talking about at MSNBC. I'm sorry, I know I'm ranting, I kids. <laughs> it's the naturalist
1: opposite approach to colonialism. when the people are colonized and conquered, and they decide to come from up under that authority, they naturally rise up. And in our situation. I got smoke someone one, <laughs> And I <laughs> gotta calm down. Gotta calm down. Nah. But in our situation, man, it's 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 sort of it's a, it's a real weird thing. Cause you're looking at this and you saying, okay, you y'all come out with this image. Now I know, I Key. you remember a, a minute ago, we just looked at Black Lives Matter. During whose anniversary? I, I think forget. it was Trayvon Martin's anniversary. Oh, yeah. uh, they did like a, a a little special for it. Yeah, it might have been Ahmad Arbery. I think it might have been yeah.
0: one of them. One of, but they sit in luxury again at a table. You know that they got with all the millions of white. Nonprofit dollars. You know, nice
1: nice landscaping going off in the yard. You know what I'm saying? $2,000 cheese set on the table. They sipping wine. Discussing the revolution.
0: Or are, are laughing about their struggles and being accepted. That's really what they be doing. Yeah, it really is.
1: So then you come to this one. You got all these ladies around here. Now, I'm not taking nothing away from any of these ladies and their success. You know. But it's not correlated to our collective success. Exactly. Like, it's sad to me because what I'm starting to see is this separation they're trying to put there, and it's really a separation that's trying to go inside the black community. You know? We stand alone. Yeah, we stand alone. And, the, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, talk about yeah. that, Aki. Talk about that quote. Yeah, that hurt my feelings right there, Aki. One of the sisters, I can't even remember who she is. I don't even really know who she is like that. Some of these ladies I've heard of, but I didn't know them. But she sat there and was telling a story. Obviously, she has a husband that's an actor.
0: Right. And For, and real quick, uh, another woman on uh, the panel or, or at the dinner table, it was like a luxurious dinner table. Yeah, yeah. She basically set it up saying, you're more talented than your husband. Have you ever talked to your husband about... Why he's more successful than you Even though you're more talented She tried to be really nice about it In this really backhanded type way Yeah, You know what I'm saying But that was the basis of the question Yeah that's and pretty much what she said And and then her response was telling her about her husband Said she told her husband
1: That as a black woman I'm alone And that sort of threw me off Cause I'm like well hold on You got a husband that's an actor He supports you You probably got kids Maybe a couple sons They support you I think i seen you in a Tyler Perry movie. So that's another black man that supports you. And you probably have plenty of other females in the industry, too. That help?
0: Exactly. And support you. So what's lonely about being up there? They're taking... This is really the importation of white feminist politics in the West. You know, white right. white feminists have told black women that you are you are different. You know what I'm saying? because you're a woman, you're not part of the same group as black men. You know what I'm saying? They they've sought to separate, you know, us uh, along gender lines. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, they did that way back in the day when they was
1: arguing with, you know what I'm saying? Frederick Douglass. The facts. You know what oh I'm yeah, this that part- go all the way back
0: to then trying to separate the sisters against the brothers. Talking about we, you know, and black men just like black women are our greatest ally. Yes black men are black women's greatest ally yeah and uh, you know there's internal communal violence but we can't use white feminist criminological theories to make that seem like uh, the basis for how we judge the black male and black female relationships and also I mean just for a bar real quick she's talking to her black husband yes about she stands alone even though I'm sure this man the been standing with you been standing with you day in and day out you know what I'm saying? I know mine would never say such about me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we stand together. And That's the basis of our, you know, we're not just two individuals. We're greater than that when I mean, we come together.
1: I mean, I don't get it, though, because I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, sometimes in that case, like, we we black and we in America. We all, we all, like, it, in those realms that y'all are in, those fields that you are in. Black men struggle in them, um, black people in general, we all struggle in certain things. That's because we in an oppressive system. Hey,
0: you're right, Aki. And my thing is this. They have there's certainly black women have gendered issues that they experience. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But so do black men. True. You know what I'm saying? And of course, this is another thing that white feminism and mainstream uh, intersectionality try to deny, that there's no gender component. What black men experience is only at the uh, only because of race. You know what I'm saying? But that's not true. It's our intersection of race and gender, yeah. you know, in this context, or what Black Male Studies calls our genre, you know what I'm saying, uh, that that sets the table for what, what black men specifically experience. So, I, but, but would, would they agree with a statement that says, if, if black men got together, if LeBron James... If, uh, I don't even know, uh, Mark Lamont Hill. Yeah. Uh, Christian Small, the leader of the Amazon Union. Yeah. If they all got together and say, as black men, we stand alone. Yeah. Would they be okay with that? Yeah. They're not okay with black men saying that. And yeah. black men don't even tend to say that. Yeah. We might talk about we have unique experiences. Yeah. But we never say, we we've always fought for the black community. But we also can't deny the involvement of black women not only in our collective type of uh, organizational yeah. solutions, but also in our personal lives. Yeah. You know, and and it's white liberal institution. It's the white male gaze, which is really pushing this idea and this talking point on the black women. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But not enough black women or black people, period, is really standing up and recognizing it for what it is. So this is my bar. You know what I'm saying? You talking to your h- black husband saying this, so my my boy, I talk already, I can already heard this. I said, how are you talking to the man you do the opposite with and you say some opposite shit. Yeah. That's exactly what the hell it is.
1: They've been sitting there the whole time in the whole interview, they did a lot of talking about
0: revolution. Oh revolutionary. Revolutionary. And what was the what was the revolution? It was me standing in my in my aesthetic. Yeah, Me standing... Amongst, Just being there. In, me being in the white male gaze in white institutions seeking money, you know what I'm saying? Seeking uh, a higher lifestyle. Me standing in the white gaze in that way, you know what I'm saying? is In, my, in, in some degree of African aesthetic, you know what I'm saying? Is, which is fucking arguable with some of these people. You know what I'm saying? It's revolutionary. But, I mean... It, but what, this is
1: integrationist as hell now now, you a, wanna be the, the, see the, this is the catch you want white male gays cause that's dollars that's dollars right but the reality is is that to some extent you know it's something off with you
0: being there you feel that you know You're right and, and they a lot of people are uncritical they don't they're not looking at the real origin or cause of that you know what I'm saying? Where a like, lot of that is, is weird. you're alienated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like black women are not facing the fact that so many of them in the corporate world are alienated from their labor because they're from a colonized people mm-hmm. in a colonial institution. Yeah. And they don't want to reckon with that. They want to believe in this American story of progress and our and us being here will be the conduit by which we become free and accepted. Mm-hmm. But that's a lie, and black women are getting a specific gendered version of this lie fed to them over and over Again. through through gender. I mean, through theory in the in in the academy or popular culture, through the media, it's, through politics. It's We're, real simple. The greatest threat to the United States of America is the nationhood and liberation
1: of black people in America. Very simple, and doesn't matter how much so-called race relations seems to get better. It doesn't matter how much uh, things sort of uh, uh, may evolve a little bit. The reality is when you came here, you came as a slave. They freed you. And then they enslaved you economically. And now they want to keep you a slave economically. And you are no good as a slave. If you are making families and communities and seek nationhood. So they do what they do to break you up.
0: That's all. This is just a tactic in how colonial powers do their subjects. And with that in mind, perfect segue, Aki. This is how colonialism does what it does. Colonialism seeks to destroy the culture of the oppressed Mm -hmm. because they recognize the culture of a bastion of resistance mm. right yes that's why they seek to destroy the culture so Franz fanon we returning to him we cannot talk about fanon he, on this question enough he that dude and we return to the same chapter fanonian thought algeria unveiled and what i like to call this is some anti-colonial gender theory now i don't know if i coined this a few years ago or not I can't find it, searching it, you know what I'm saying? And it's more of a description which includes a lot of the advances of black male study theorists Mm -hmm. like uh, Tommy Curry and furthermore. But uh, it's a a general, very easy description of what's going on for me. And that's why I started using it. Anti-colonial gender theory. And of course, Fanon is inseparable from this, right? Right. And he writes about what Aki just talked about. How this them seeking to make these gender divisions you know be uh, via the culture of the oppressed mm-hmm. or the destruction of the culture of the oppressed yeah. is a uh, significant vital part of colonialism so this is uh, Fanon talking about Algerian women and of course he was a revolutionary in Algeria and witnessed these things and he's speaking about uh, so when we hear co- Algerian women we're talking about colonized women it's not a perfect corollary so the black american experience and yep. black american women yep. new african women yep. but it and, and some parts it hits the fuck home he's describing a uh, he's he's describing colonialism and the effects what it do and of course there's other scholars that have you know maybe looked at this more in the context of the black american condition but none right like Fanon. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. speaking about colonialism broadly so let's tune in real quick This is in uh, the book called A Dying Colonialism by Frantz Fanon. And this is uh, page 38 in the chapter Algeria Unveiled. He's talking about uh, how colonialism seeks to destroy culture via gender divisions, where they target women specifically. Mm. So let's see what he says here. The colonial. Oh, my apologies. Algerian women were invited to play a functional capital role in the transformation of their lot, meaning of the colonized, uh, including men and children, right? They were pressed to say no to a centuries-old subjugation. The immense role they were called upon to play was described to them. Think about uh, white feminism in this Mm -hmm. sense. Describing to black women their condition. In these universities. Right. The colonial administration invested great sums in this combat. All these grants you see, Golden Sachs, and all of that stuff. MSNBC, primetime yeah. coverage on Throwing out money, all types of stuff. Book deals, academic conferences. Uh, Speaking tours for mm. black, for Black Lives Matter leaders at the, you know you know it goes it goes on and on with white liberal how you know and, and this he's indicting here elsewhere in the chapter he talks about how it it is not just military units it's why it, it's the colonial society in whole in total mm. you know which commits itself towards this combat right so the colonial administration invested great sums in this combat he's calling the gender divisions imposed by the colonial system as combat. This is not separated from warfare. This is warfare. Military tactic, baby. So, he goes on to say, after it had been posited that the woman constituted the pivot of Algerian society, all efforts were made to obtain control over her. Mm. So, again, he's saying that the colonial administration, meaning the U.S. government, the capitalist elite of this society, or colonial the colonial power the colonial powers right uh uh posited that means they are promoting the idea you know this idea that the woman constituted the pivot of Algerian society mm. meaning they're raising the woman the woman's importance up in a way that they cast it as saving her from the tyranny and savageness of the colonized male yeah right and mm-hmm. and t- the, and we can't... You can't trust the beast, right? Yeah. They, they're... You know, even if there are problems in our community, the way that this white beast, this white devil is describing them to us mm. is not for us. Yeah. It's for them. Right? And, uh, I mean, so, yeah, they're positing that women, black Algerian... Colonized women constitute the pivot of Algerian society. Mm. And what it... So, that... The correlation is clear What we just seen yesterday On MSNBC Yes The future is Or the culture is Black women No
1: she In in an article She said the future
0: Is Is black women The future is culture And the culture is black women That's what she said So don't worry about What the face of the colonial agent that's saying this. Yeah. This is the this is a colonial institution. This is the mainstream media. It is a colonial tactic that was
1: used by all European nations and colonial powers.
0: Right. So you have a colonial system telling you that the black woman is the is the future. Mm. Even though they uh, violently oppress and keep down black people collectively. Yes. This is sought to divide. Mm. You know, and I mean, we already talked about uh, at this you know conference of black elite black women, token black women, hand selected black women. Yeah. Right? They're saying things that we stand alone. Hmm. Despite uh within the black community, there is still, I'll say it again, there is still a lot of concern and effort Put into black men and women's relationships. Yes, and I mean that in a positive sense and the negative sense. It is an issue of great concern. Yes, and to act like we're not standing alone trying to work it out is 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 unfair. It's hurtful. It's wrong. It's misleading, and uh, it's indicative of the big problem that we're in, Aki. Yes, yes. So uh, that. So let me keep reading. Go back to Fanon real quick. So again. After it had been posited that the woman constituted the pivot of the Algerian society, all efforts were made to obtain control over her. Who signed your checks, you know what I'm saying, is who has control over you. They're not yep. talking about, you know, we're going to build up something totally outside of the white male gaze. That's where they dollars that they want is at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so yeah, let's keep it going. No more ad-libbing. The Algerian, it was assured, would not stir, would resist... That task of cultural destruction undertaken by the occupier would oppose assimilation, so long as his woman had not reversed the stream. Mm. So they said that our our capacity for resistance, our yeah. capacity for revolutionary resistance, is tied to how much he could control the uh, the colonized woman. That's that's a deep one right there. I so oh, it gets deeper. That's the re- deep as hell so the, right there. That, the paragraph ends. In the colonialist program, it was the woman who was given the historic mission of shaking up the Algerian man, converting the woman, winning her over to foreign values. There you go, foreign values. Wrenching her free from her status, her status, her African status within the African community, just to speak quickly. Mm -hmm. Right. Was at the same time achieving a real power over the man and attaining the practical, effective means of destroying Algerian culture. Assimilation to the fullest. Says change in
1: culture and values. When you say values, that means culture. Mm-hmm. He switched them over to their culture. They took on their culture, their beliefs, their systems, their values, all of that type of stuff. Oh, man. Mm
0: hmm for, na- for not getting it in he getting it in He and, and hit it right on the no and he, and listen so if, if the colonial system is able to convince the Algerian woman of this status that they're describing to them that's not true but it's being described to them you know and while the colonized man is being described as a savage that needs to be controlled there needs to be some element that shakes them up right so this is uh you know the bar by which black the colonized man the Algerian man is uh measured against he goes on to say that Algerian men for their part are a target of criticism for their European comrades or more officially for their bosses mm. so he so he's clearly saying Algerian men don't enjoy the same type of inroads with uh their European uh male counterparts mm-hmm. he's saying they he he at first he says comrades. And then he changes it, flips it completely, and says bosses. Yeah. The opposite of a comrade is a boss. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So he, he's being ironic when he when he frames it that way. You know what I'm saying? So there he says, there is not a European worker who does not sooner or later in the give and take of relations on the job site, the shop, or the office ask the Algerian man the ritual questions. Does your wife wear the veil? mm Why don't you take your wife to the movies, to the fights, to the cafe? Of course, he's speaking against uh, Algerian Muslim culture, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And, of course, for at the beginning of this chapter, he talks about how the colonizing man, the European man, sought to unveil the Algerian woman because of the backwards, vicious, uh, hedonistic sexual appetite of the colonizer, of Mm -hmm. the European man. Yeah. And to get close to the woman, to conquer Algerian society, and thus the Algerian woman, from the perspective of the colonizer, they they saw, you know, uh, domination through domination of the woman. Yeah. You know, they saw it in line with domination of the land, of the resources. Mm. So, uh, yeah, in light of that, it's deep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, it explains what we've seen, what took place yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What's been taking place for a while, you know, granted, it is not, those women do not represent all black women.
0: And so, real quick, Aki, I hate to cut you off here, but i want to make this point just quickly. What are black, what are new African men? What questions do our European bosses ask us, right, which further enhances our marginalization, right? Mm-hmm. Which is tied to this gender program You know what I'm saying Like let's try to update Fanon a little bit Right Of course in our context We're not asked if our women are If our wife is veiled Yeah Right If they wear a veil that covers the body Or mm-hmm. the face right uh, You know Now now the questions look like uh, You know how do you feel about the LGBTQ community <laughs> yeah, yeah You yeah. know what I'm saying yeah. or, Or you know they, uh, what do you think about uh, I, I, I guess or it's just this forced acceptance of you know these backwards black male images put out on the colonial media mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like now uh, black men are not allowed to question the hyper feminization of black men yeah. on TV Yeah, you know what I'm saying that's what we're being measured against Yeah, we have to have passive acceptance or we're read as this backwards savage you know Person that's stuck in the past. Yeah. That's not. That's not trying to advance at this. Uh, you know, feminist intersectional type of what I would call white colonial future. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying acceptance of trans people or women for that matter is, is in some way anti-revolutionary. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that this is a colonial program being imposed. Uh, you know, in, in terms of discourse and rhetoric, which is defanging uh, revolutionary politics. Yeah. Because of how you know academic theory tends to do di- revolutionary discourse, this is the point of white colonial academia and media to uh, to defang and misdirect, and uh, we have to be real scientific in our I mean,
1: response. It's just a, it's just an, it's an attack by the colonial power, who is the U.S. and we as a people, being a colonial people being a colonized people, but fight and resist this in the fullest. Um, they're trying to make a division between us as a people, us as a collective, and as people of conscience and people of action, we can't allow that shit to happen.
0: You know what I'm saying? Learn how to recognize Uncle Tom
1: when you see one.
0: Facts, facts, you know? And we gotta study known. I'll end with that, you know what I'm saying? known yeah. is talking about what the white male colonial gaze uh, causes to be imposed upon uh, colonized men and women, and we're seeing in 2022, black women, you know, even if they're, they're tokens, they're on there complaining about the white male gaze. You know what Fanon was talking about? Is it part of our everyday lives? A- you know, it's crazy. They 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 change and alter themselves to get the white male
1: gaze. And then get mad at black men when they say they don't like it. Mm. Ain't that some shit? It's some shit, Aki. <laughs> That's crazy right there. You know what I'm saying? The shit that you following is causing the division. But you and your man, even though it don't come from either one of you, it come from him. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, you're right, Aki. And uh, you know, black men were in with that, not without our faults. Too many of us is following, you know, black uh, musicians like a Jay-Z and his uh, advice about politics. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And too many of us uh, are also confused culturally. You know what I'm saying? And uh, misreading black women. You know? But, uh, you know what I'm saying? We had to get this out with MSNBC putting out this trash trying to divide us. On Juneteenth, you you was supposed to do a Juneteenth special talking about the people. Now, if, if these black women were talking about leftist politics, our national liberation, you know, solidarity with workers' struggle, it'd be a different story. We opened talking about, uh, uh, I'm blanking on her name, uh, Francia Marquez yeah. in Colombia winning the presidency, you know what I'm saying? You know? Where she came from and what she stands for. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's a complex problem. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, at fire this time. We're going to make sure we on game. We're going to put y'all on game. For sure. You know what I'm saying? So with that, we're going to catch y'all for 53. This was 52. We're going to see you later. Peace. Peace.